What's up, authors? If you've been struggling with getting your content to flow, this is your show. Today, we're talking about self-acceptance, so keep it here to learn more. Tune in to Go Book Yourself, powered by Helix Interactive, with your book coach and publishing expert, Hilary Jastrom. Peeps, this is a show to end all shows when it comes to getting stuff out of your head and onto the paper or the laptop. I'll give you a hint. And then we have to give a little shout out. You know the drill. The hint is the white bull. The white bull. Now think about that. But before we get to the white bull, we're going to talk about no bull, as in no BS writing. And yes, I am talking about our illustrious parent company, J. Hill Mark. J. Hill Marketing, for those in the know. And Bookmark, which is our editing house division, Bookmark is helping authors everywhere get published, and that includes you. From first draft to finished or idea to execution, we can help you get your book over the finish line while creating a work you are proud of. That is the big key here. If you're not going to create a work that you're not proud of, you're never going to promote it. It might as well be a book that you wrote for yourself and you stick in a in a drawer in the corner in a table somewhere that maybe your kids stumble upon or your grandkids do. You want a book that you are proud of, and that's kind of what sets us apart as well. We don't stop until you're happy. For more information, visit jhillmark.com slash bookmark. That's jhill, H-I-L-L, two L's, mark.com slash bookmark. So let's talk about self-acceptance. It's so elusive sometimes, and I don't know if you feel like me, but I feel like people are pushing us so much now. Well, it's not good enough, and you have to do this better. And there's not a lot of focus on how to achieve self-acceptance in a way that you feel good about yourself, in a way that maybe, oh, please stop pushing me for one second. So I can just love myself. You need to love yourself as a writer. You really do. And I don't mean like tromping around with a big feather in your hat saying, I'm the greatest in the world. I'm not talking about that. I am talking about getting real with where you are, with how you produce, with how you feel about it. I'm talking about creating the perfect environment. And I do, I don't like that word perfect. You know, I just, I really don't. I think it's, uh, so we'll, we'll use a different word. We're going to create the optimal environment when we sit down to write. That is an environment that actually comes out of the practice of continually cultivating and nourishing your mindset no matter what you're doing. It's the the nourishment of rejecting other people's judgment, of rejecting the nasty things that people sometimes say. You know, it's you are forgiving of yourself. You don't berate yourself. You don't self-deprecate. Well, we all kind of self-deprecate and sometimes it's kind of funny, but you don't do it to the point where you're like clawing at your own soul. You don't, you don't do it like that. So the optimal environment is critically important and we need to cultivate that environment every single day. What is the treatment that we allow for ourselves? How are we feeling? Are we feeling heard? Are we feeling ignored? What is actually going on? So 
that's the optimal environment and it just needs continual work. You need to continually love yourself and choose the best decisions for yourself possible. Then you're entering a place of no judgment because seriously, it felt like one day I was like, oh my gosh, I stumbled onto uranium. There's no such thing as writer's block, you guys. It is judgment block because what stops you? Well, I don't know if I should write that. Well, maybe I should write this other thing. Well, I don't know. Will people even want to read that? Is that even important? Is that relevant? It's a matter of not being able to trust yourself and holding yourself in such high regard and having the bar set so high for yourself that you're not going to do anything. We do hear about this in business as analysis paralysis, and it is very, very true. It'll stop you in your tracks. I see it with authors all the time. We get through an outline session, for example, a few outline sessions and get that outline done and get the template down and get it so it's competitive, genre specific, and it can stand on its own. It's super solid. Then they're off to create content and they have a judgment block. Well, I'm going to sound weird. Well, I don't, I'm not comfortable. I don't know how to use this application Uh, Nobody's going to want to read my stuff. Didn't somebody else write about this before? Why would I write about that? Some of those questions are valid. Absolutely. Some of those are addressed when we first start working together and work on our four positioning questions, which, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do a podcast about that. So remind me to add that to my list. But there is no writer's block, my friends. There is judgment block. And this makes me think about What in the French toast is the white bull already? I know that I teased you a little bit with that and you're probably like, white bull, is that like the white elephant? That thing that I went to at my grandma's church and I got this super old lamp that is in my basement? No, that's the white elephant. This This is the white bull. Ernest Hemingway called the blank sheet of paper that stared back at him and kind of mocked him the the white bull. So we can stare that white bull down by changing some of the ways that we think about ourselves and some of the processes that we do as well. One of the best pieces of advice I ever read was in Natalie Goldberg's book, Writing Down the Bones. It's a super old book and I'll totally date myself here. But this was amazing. Now, when I read this piece of advice, I was like, you are so full of it. I don't believe you and everything I write has to come out perfectly and I would sculpt it and I would I would hone it and I would polish it until I was ready to present it. But I held myself to the highest level that it was painful and I couldn't take any criticism or critique rather my poor mom you know, I, w- I would write something. I'd say, I want to share this story with you. And she'd read it. She's very kind about it. Well, this is great. And this is great. And this is great. And over here, I feel like this. And I'd be like, you don't understand me. Forget it. You're never going to read it again. And that was ridiculous. And so I wasn't in the right frame of mind to accept the advice, which is, drum roll, please. That's just one hand. That's the sound of one hand clapping, apparently. Give yourself the permission to write the worst crap. Whew. That, I said it. I'm telling you what. It is so freeing. 
it's like it's like free falling it's like releasing it's like letting go and here's the funny thing you will not continue to write crap you won't you just you statistically i don't believe can do that just like you statistically won't always write brilliance you will have some glimmers you'll have some sparkles where you'll go man that is really I absolutely love that I wrote that. You know, maybe it's applicable to what you're working on in the moment. Maybe it's not. So they call that cutting your little darlings. And that means that that sentence that you're writing is your little darling and you have to cut it. And if I had a little darling, I always called it a pearl. And I would take that pearl and I would put that in a separate document. I would save it for later. So I could come back and say, well, I really liked what I said. Maybe it wasn't the most applicable in the place that we were talking about. So you won't always write crap and you will not always write brilliance, but you will probably be somewhere in between. And it's important to accept that about yourself, allowing yourself the freedom to free flow, to write crap, to suck, means that you are clearing up that log jam. You're going to create that flow. You're going to keep it going. You're going to remove that clog so you can keep writing. So the creativity will keep pouring out of you because no longer will you have these kind of side thoughts of, well, I shouldn't even be doing this, or God, this really is terrible. Um, that's not going to happen. What happens is that it doesn't matter what I write. Right now, I'm going to do my absolute best. And that is what we are shooting for. We're shooting for optimal. We're shooting for best. So keep that going. Understand you will have brilliance. You will have crap, and you will have flow. It's not that you're not a special gifted writer, but it is very rare to find a person who can write something down and have very little editing. And when I say editing, it's really by themselves, but ideally by another person who provides a different perspective and also brings in the perspective of, hey, can we understand this? Is this able to be comprehended for the reader? So that's something to work on. It's hard. I don't know why it's so hard. I mean, if you, you look, at, look at it in theory, why is it so hard to sit down and create and make crap? It really shouldn't be. It sounds like it would be a pretty easy job, but it is because it matters so much what we're doing. And sometimes it matters so much that we don't do it. We're going to be embarrassed. Oh, people can't know I really write like this. We embarrass ourselves. Who am I to think that I can even do anything if this is the way I write? Well, that is why they have editing. That is exactly why they have editing. That's why they have revisions. And what's that old saying? What makes great writing? Revisions. Revisions or editing. It is rewriting. That's what it is. What makes great writing? Rewriting. And rewriting to the point that you feel good about it. That is the process of the most efficient writing as well. So if you're creating a book and you get all the content down, 
and you're just laboring over it and you want to make sure that everything is perfect before you get it to the editor, man, oh man, are you adding time onto your project. You are adding so much time. Release it. Release it and know that whatever you want to say is going to come in later revisions. If you have a good editor, they are going to help tease and extract more content from you. And we talked about in the last episode, the three storytelling enhancement techniques. And that's one of the things that you should be looking for in a good editor who understands how to tease that content and how to take existing content and treat it differently to create a new experience and a fresher experience for the reader. I also encourage you to walk away. You know, I had a recent client who just was hammering on her content. I love her story. It's so unique. It's so cool. It's a fiction book. And she just was attacking this content. And I felt like if she walked away to get a fresh perspective, that would have really helped her. Now, that's what I advised her to do. I'm not sure if she did it because it's hard to break these habits. But what came back to me was really great. Her revisions were really great. I know this helps me, especially if I'm done editing a book. Oh, I got to rest my eyeballs. That's it. I got to do something stupid. I got to play a dumb game. I got to watch some Shit's Creek or I got to watch some Criminal Minds or whatever. Those are my go-to shows I don't really have to think about and they just fill me with happiness. Um, but whatever you have to do, walk away for a minute and untangle your thoughts. Should I do this? What's this person saying? What order should it go in? All of that stuff. You can walk away from all of that stuff. And as you're concentrating on other things to do, a lot of the times what we're trying to solve solves itself. That's what I've found too. It's kind of like when something is on the tip of your tongue and you're like, man, I just can't get it. What is the name of that Def Leppard singer? You know, and you and you just can't get it. The more you think about it, the more you think about it. And then you go grocery shopping and all of a sudden, as you're picking up a gallon of milk, you're like, oh, yeah, that's his name. I won't give you the name because I can't remember what it is. And this is a conversation I had a couple of days ago. So yay age. But in any regard, you will get clear and your brain will have less pressure on it. So you are able to resolve what you need to resolve and you'll have that fresher perspective I call it also stepping back from those trees when we're writing a book the saying is you can't see the forest for the trees well I'm telling you what this tree is like two inches in front of your face so it's really difficult to see the landscape to see the setting of the tree you have to step back and the way to do that is to step away and there's nothing wrong with that be disciplined of course be disciplined you're not going to step away for 40 weeks, you're going to just step away until you feel clear and come back while at the same time maintaining your momentum and keeping the promise that you made to yourself to keep to keep going and to finish. So remember that you're never going to be perfect. Take the bar down, cut yourself a break, love yourself even when you suck and love yourself enough to suck. I think that was a meme I saw too. I wish I was that clever that I thought of that, but it, but it's true. Love yourself enough to suck at something different. Love other people and support them as they suck at something different. It's okay to be embarrassed. 
It's okay to do it badly. That is all right. We're creating the optimal environment of, hey, I'm a pretty cool cat, man, to quote Carol Baskin. (laughs) I'm a pretty cool kitten. You know, but nobody is responsible for that but you. Nobody is responsible for your self-talk but you and your self-talk concerning your writing. And if you tell yourself that you can do something or you can't do something, nobody is responsible for that but you. And really, nobody should be. That's an inner confidence that you're going to get from inside you that you need to practice. So we will go over these points real quickly. And then I got a dip, like the old 90s saying says, although I really didn't hear it in the 90s. I heard it much later. You're going to create the perfect environment and not the perfect environment, the optimal environment. And you do that by working on your self-talk. And you do that by working on how you hold yourself, you know, how you bounce back from disappointment. So that optimal environment is super important. That creates a place of no judgment. When there's no judgment, there's no writer's block. Hey, did we just game the system? I think we did. Remember the white bull and giving yourself the permission to write the worst crap. Work on it. You know, go and do it on purpose. Go write something awful. Write it just so it sucks so bad that you're just laughing at it. Maybe that's what you need to do. Take that first step. Walk away to make the unpalatable more palatable. So that and and solve problems and untangle your brain. Give yourself some fresh perspective. Pump in some oxygen. Go to a casino. No, that went too far. (laughs) Have faith in the revision process and the editing process. And remember that old saying that rewriting makes great writing. You're never going to be perfect. Take that bar down. Take it down right now. Take it down a notch. Such a nice thing to do for yourself, too. You know, it really is. I, I honestly believe this is a way of self loving yourself. It really is. When you do all that and practice it each time you write, you will create a quicker response in your brain to reject hurtful judgment and not just judgment that hurts your progress, but it hurts you. On Kendra Beavis's podcast today, Tribe of Unicorns, which you guys you totally have to tune into because she has some of the craziest, most transcendental, transformative peeps on there I have ever met in my entire life. Well, not really met, but like I've gotten to know. But one of her guests said uh, over 90% of subconscious thought controls our lives. Isn't that scary? Or it's incredibly invigorating and empowering. It depends on where you are. It depends on how you're treating yourself. That makes me feel good. That statistic does because I have worked on loving myself for a long time. So I'm like, girl, we got it then. This is good. This is why we're going to continue to achieve and succeed and all those things. And there's no difference between you and anybody else who does that. So you have to start there. Anytime you're trying to do something new, anytime you're hoping to get that brass ring and nail that target, prime your mind, baby. I hope you enjoyed this show. 
I hope it was very helpful for you. I'm always willing to talk to people too. So you can always hit me up on social media. You can find me on Facebook, Hillary Lauren Jastrom. Easy to spell, easy to say. And after all that, guess what time it is? It's time to go book yourself. Until next week, authors, right on. 